right, here we go. Are you ready for another session this morning on Sunday to get into the Word and discover some things? And uh, I want to encourage you today in some areas that I just feel like maybe you need to be encouraged in. We've just come through a six-week series on Hell's Illusion. And I know from uh, communicating with some of you that it really stretched you. I brought to you some things that you had never considered, never thought about, uh, taught on things that maybe you have never uh, uncovered, even heard presented, and yet it resonated on the inside, and you begin to look at some of these things closer. There's so many new things coming into the body of Christ. They're new to us. There's no such thing as new truth, right? There's no such thing as new revelation. There are some things that God is emphasizing at that current time, but there's no truth. There's just revival, and there's uncovering of mysteries that have always been. Uh, Paul said there's some things that have been hidden from ages gone by, from ages past, but is now being revealed to the people of God. And that's what's going on all over the world right now. We're beginning to see things we've never saw before. Uh, so in light of that, what I would like to do, I'd like to talk about this morning how to make a spiritual transition. And I think this is probably very apropos right now. How to make a transition from where maybe you were or where you are to what you're now seeing. And the big question is, how do you know if it's true? How do you know if it's right? We, we went through six weeks on hell's illusion, and maybe it was so contrary to everything that you've ever heard. It certainly is contrary to the things that I had ever heard. And if you'd have told me this, if, if, you, if I would have watched those six videos 10 years ago, I would have thought it was wrong. I would have thought that that guy has flipped his wig. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But you know what? As the Holy Spirit begins to show us things, we begin to see things in a different light. I want to begin over Luke chapter 5 this morning. Luke chapter 5. So in light of everything that's going on in your life, you're seeing things, you're hearing things, you're perceiving things, you're understanding things that you never saw before. Right? You're hearing teachings on things that you've never considered. How do you know if it's right? I want to talk today about how to make a spiritual transition. And ultimately, I'm going to give you three questions to ask yourself Whenever you hear something, whether it's on Christian television, whether it's in the digital cathedral on Sunday morning or Wednesday night live, or you're, you're at a conference or a seminar and you hear teaching, I'll, I want to give you three questions to ask yourself that will help you uh, stay on the right path and also will help you make a transition in your life from where you're at to where the Lord is taking you. Luke chapter 5 and verse 36. These are some good verses. Luke chapter 5, verse 36, it says, Now Jesus spoke a parable to them, and he said, No one puts a piece from a new garment into an old, into an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. He goes on in verse 7, he says, No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be, be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine has got to be put into new wineskins so that both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine, this is so important, no one having drunk an old wine immediately desires the new, for he always says the old is better. You ever been there? 
when the new wine begins to flow and you hear it and you go, I don't know, man, I, I kind of feel more comfortable with the old. That, that's a, that is a great scripture. Those 36, 7, 8, and 9, those four verses are some good scripture to meditate. I think it, I think it contains a big key for all of us. If you're on this journey to the land of truth and freedom, then there are going to be things that you encounter you never encountered before. So I think that scripture gives us some good insight. I think Jesus is making a very simple and yet difficult point at times to build into our lives. The point is this. I think the point that Jesus is making, he's saying when the light of revelation shines and we're confronted with life-changing truth, and we're confronted with it. We better be flexible enough, like a new wineskin, to hold the new revelation. You know, old, an old wineskin is not very flexible. It's kind of brittle. It's kind of, kind of tough. And so that new wine is, is fermented. It's bubbling. It's moving. And if you put that new wine into the old wineskin, it will expand and it will break the wineskin. And he's saying that's kind of how new revelation works when it comes into your life. If you're not flexible, if you're not prepared for it, if you're not ready to handle it, and you still got that, that brittle, hard life when the new wine comes in and it begins to expand, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a problem for you. But when you're seeing with a single eye and you're hearing with a, a single ear, you'll know that the spirit of truth has been continually pouring into your life all the new wine you can handle. That's one thing I have, I'm finding about uh, revelation and uh, uncovering truth. He's willing to give me all I can take. I'm the one that has to yell uncle at times and say, wait a minute, I, I can't absorb anymore. I can't, I can't look at anymore. I have to stop and let myself get wrapped around everything that I got right now. There, there are things I'm seeing that I would like to teach that honestly it's not really rooted yet so that I can't pour it out. I can't serve you the wine till I've really drunk it and ingested it myself. But man, I, I'm learning. He'll pour as fast as you can take it. He'll pass as, as, as much as you can absorb. The supply is endless. <laughs> the supply is endless. The, the spirit of truth, man, there is no end. Paul said it's going to take the ages to come for him to show his goodness and grace toward us in Christ Jesus. There's, there's no limit to what he can pour out. The limit comes on the container's end. How much the container is prepared to hold. And some of us that got that old time religion, we're not prepared to handle anything new. We can't take anything new. And what we like to have when we come to church is some biased confirmation. We want to hear something that we've always heard and want to drink some of that old wine because we're, we're accustomed to drinking that. But the problem is, guys and gals, there's a reformation working in the earth right now. There's, there are some things going on uh, all over the world, all, every country, every nation. And you're part of it. He has set you aside for whatever reason to be on the forefront of this. And the question is, are you ready? Can you handle it? Can you deal with it? Can you handle some rapid fire changes in your life? When he shows you something you've never seen, can, you, can your theology change? You better keep your theology fluid. My theology used to be pretty set in concrete. I, I, I thought, okay, this, this is all nailed down pretty tight. This, we, can, we can take this one to the bank. He has torn my theology up. His word has never changed. 
But the way he has me view his word and the lens through which I now read it has made it an entirely different book. Has he changed? No, he's changed me. And he's changed the way that I read it. So can, can you make rapid changes to your theology, to your belief system, the way that you've always handled something, the way you've always believed it? When the Spirit of God begins to pour into you, can you make a quick change? Here's what a quick change looks like. Luke chapter 5. You're there? Come back to verse 27. Verse 27. Here's a, here's a, here's a quick change. It says, after these things, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. Now get a picture of this. Here's Levi. He's gone to work for the day. He works eight to five. You know, he probably wears the three-piece suit. He's a tax collector. He's an accountant. Not, we, he might be like a CPA. Just doing what he does, what he's done every day throughout his adult life. All right? We're talking about making quick change. We're talking about uh, when new wine comes, can you expand with it? So here comes Jesus to Levi that is just doing what he does every day, Monday to Friday, 8 to 5. Jesus looks at him and knows that he is one that he has handpicked, just like you, right? He's handpicked you to be on the front of this. He handpicked Levi, Matthew, to be one of the, the 12 to go places and see things the rest of the multitude would never see and experience. So he says, Matthew, Levi, I want you to come follow me. <clears throat> now, I love that verse. That verse really moves me because that's where the rubber meets the road, right? <clears throat> that split second when Jesus looks at him, makes eye contact, locks in on Levi and says, come follow me. Levi has got a quick decision to make. Do I follow the, the new wine that he just poured into me, do I drink it or do I stay with the old and what's familiar, what's comfortable, the job that I know how to do? It says in verse 28, so he left everything and followed Jesus. He just got up from the table, left the cash drawer, left all the, 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 the books, left everything and followed Jesus. Now here's what I get out of those two verses. When you see Jesus, you hear Jesus, you respond to him, your world is never going to be the same again. Matthew never went back to being a tax collector, never went back to being an accountant. His world changed at that point forever because he was willing to make a transition. He was, he was willing to shift in his life. And when those times come and you see something, you know, we came through six weeks of illusion of hell. I've, I've done about 28, 29 parts. I can't remember exactly on embracing your divinity, which I want to get back to. I've got a ton more to say about that. But when you embrace divinity, there are changes. There are things that happen. You see, you perceive. And so like Matthew, Jesus says, okay, come on, let's go. Follow me. Do you do it? Levi transitioned. He shifted. And his life was never the same again. Now, let's look at an entire generation, children of Israel, entire generation died in the wilderness because they would not transition to the promised land. It was not God's best. It, was not, I, I, it wasn't his plan, I don't believe. But he let them either drink the wine or not drink the wine. An entire generation was lost in the wilderness because they couldn't shift to what God had prepared for them. Now here's where it breaks down. In that fifth chapter of, of Luke that we were reading on, here's where it breaks down, verse 39. 
And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires the new. You know, that, that old wine tastes good. And you know how it tastes. You know how, how your body reacts with it. You know everything about it. But when you drink the new wine, you're not sure where you're going with this. And he, so he says, when you first experience the new wine, you don't like it as well. It, it creates a lot of questions, creates insecurities. Because the old wine tastes better. But now if you keep drinking the new, you're going to totally lose your taste for the old. Like Right now, I have no taste to go back to the way I used to be. I have no, no taste to go back to being a charismatic. Nothing against charismatics. I have no interest in Pentecostal fanaticism and emotionalism. I have no interest in it. I have no interest anymore in lining people up and praying for them. And, and if they fall down, feel like I really accomplished. I have no interest in that. Because I've tapped into something that is new wine, that has revolutionized my life. And at first when I saw grace and when I saw unconditional love and I saw mercy that endures forever, I saw the fatherhood of God. At first it did not taste right. And I kind of wanted to go back, especially when everybody around me wanted me to, to go back to the old way. But when you keep tapping into the new, all of a sudden the old doesn't taste so good. Here's what I'm driving at. Here's what I'm driving at. Here's where I want to go. You are seeing things. You are hearing things. You are experiencing things that he has prepared you for. He has got your wineskin ready. Things that just a short time ago you would have considered false. Things that just a short time ago you would have looked at and said, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I think that's wrong. That's heresy. And you would have ran from it and gone back to drink some of the old wine. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And you would have wanted some more biased confirmation to come from a conference or a seminar or a word from a prophet somewhere. He has prepared you to shift. He's prepared you to change. He's prepared you to be part of a company all over this nation that will lead a reformation, a radical grace revolution. Peter, a man, and I, I, I want to read his transition in just a minute, but Peter, a man that finally got some of it and in, 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 in 2 Peter chapter 1, let me read this verse for you because this, this, this is good. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, he said, For this reason I, I will, I'll not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know them, watch, and you, oh, these are, these are such rich words, you are established in the present truth. Now I told you at the start of this teaching, I told you there is no such thing as new truth. No such thing as new revelation. God has always contained it all. He didn't just whip up a batch in 2019 and pour it out. New stuff nobody ever, ever heard. It's all new. No. But there is present truth. This present truth of grace, this present truth of embracing your divinity is just simply what Paul taught. Religion has perverted it. Religion has created something different. So now, we, and we got used to drinking that old wine of religion. So now when, when restoration comes, 
When reconciliation comes and he begins to pour out that new wine, it's new to us, but really what it is, it's just a present truth. It's a truth that the Father is now emphasizing and integrating and working into his people. See, people today would be afraid of that, that term present truth. If you said, if I stood up in church somewhere and said, look, I'm going to bring to you some present truth. They would hear that, oh, he's got something new age to tell us. Because present truth might be new to you, but it's just what God is trying to bring to the people now. Now, Peter was this, this self-righteous, prideful, religious follower of Jesus. And he had his, his theological world rocked one day. You wouldn't think that Peter, after the crucifixion and resurrection and being with Jesus 40 days... And hearing that 40-day seminar on everything pertaining to the kingdom of God, watching Jesus ascend into heaven, you would have thought he'd have dropped all his religious ways, but he didn't. He ran right back to him. The old wine tasted good to Peter. So Peter remained a practicing Jew. Now let me show you his transition. Acts chapter 10. Because he'd been prepared in the time he spent with Jesus to make shifts. Big shifts. Look, look at this in Acts chapter 10. Here's old Peter doing his religious thing, praying at a certain time, making sure that he's getting all of his prayer time in. And in Acts chapter 10 and verse 9, it says, The next day as they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. He got to get his hour of prayer in. Could you not tarry with me one hour? He became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, they're downstairs getting dinner ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending on him and let down to earth. And in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice rose up and said, Peter, rise up, kill, and eat. Wow, there's stuff on that binky that Peter can't eat. He's a good religious Jewish boy. The old wine that he still drank after he'd been with Jesus for three and a half years. The old wine still tasted bitter. He still, the new wine, he, he's balking at it. Tells him, right, look, Peter, Peter says, Not so, Lord, verse 14, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Now, he says in verse 15, here, here, comes, here comes the boom. Here comes the new wine. Here comes the time of transition. Lord spoke to him again and said, what God has cleansed, you must not call common or unclean. All right, so Peter says, I get it. I, I don't want to mess with these Gentiles, these nasty old Gentiles. I'm special. But he got it. He made the transition. We drop down to verse 28. Peter says to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or even to go uh, one to another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Do you understand how much of a transition that was for Peter? Even though he traveled with Jesus, that was no respecter of people. So Jesus himself in operation. He had not yet made the transition. 
But when he was confronted with the new wine, he could either drink it or not drink it. Verse 29. Therefore, I came without, uh, without objection. As soon as I sent for, uh, I asked them, for what reason have you sent for me? So Peter, Peter got it. That was a, that was a, that was a huge transition. Now, did that come out of the clear blue? No, Jesus was prepared in Peter for that during his entire earthly ministry. He prepared, Jesus, he prepared Peter to break tradition, to break his doctrine, all that he'd been taught his whole life. And you have also, he has brought you to this point. He's brought you to this point. Now, if you're open, you're sensitive, you're pliable like a new wineskin. You'll hear it. You'll see it. You'll transition. Peter could have closed it off. Peter could have said no. And his heart would have missed. He would have missed what he had been prepared for. You have the opportunity. You can dig your heels in. You can let fear, insecurity. You can let uh, peer pressure from other people miss the new wine that you've been prepared to receive. You can back up and say, just give me some of that old time religion. That's what I really like. That's good enough for me. Of, of all the groups in the Bible that should have recognized Jesus, the Pharisees should have. Knew their Bibles. Knew the signs of his coming. They, you could say that they had been prepared, but they refused to transition. Let me show you their refusal. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, we just looked at, at, at Peter and, and the, the quick transition he made. We saw Levi, but here's how one looks that doesn't transition. John chapter 10 and verse 19, look at this. Therefore, there was a division among the Jews because of what Jesus said, and many of them said, he has a demon, he's mad, why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? See, some, they were beginning to see something's going on here. Some, some immediately rejected, and others began to say, wait a minute, we, we need to look at this a little closer. And, and that's, that's a good attitude. And that was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, and the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? <clears throat> if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Right, now, Jesus is going to pour them a great big glass of new wine right now. I'm going to drop down, I'm going to drop down to verse 30. <clears throat> Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Well, that right there, that, that was more new wine than they were, were willing to accept. Jesus just poured them a great big glass. He filled an iced tea tumbler full of new wine, and they refused to take a sip. And in verse 31, here's, here's them digging their heels in. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone Jesus. Right? So as, as he transitions you, as he, as he rocks your entrenched belief system, as he opens your eyes, the question is, are you hearing truth? Is what you're hearing the right thing? Do, is it something you can take to the back? Is it something that you can follow? I want to give you three questions to ask yourself to help you get, as Peter said, established in the present truth. So as you shift, as you transition, as you try out that new wineskin, 
You know, it should, be, it should be free from a lot of fear, a lot of stress. So I want to give you three things to ask yourself. All right, when you hear something, maybe, the, maybe you say, man, I never heard that before. That's different. That's a different take. That's a different twist. Uh, I see in Scripture some things. You're reading a book and you go, whoa, look at that. You're reading the Bible and you go, holy mackerel, I never saw that before. All right, ask yourself this. Ask yourself this. Because you're going to make shifts, you're going to make transitions. New wine is flowing today. Revelation is coming forward. Ask yourself, number one, is this what the Father through the Spirit is saying to me? To me. Right now, I want you to just forget other people. Is this something that He is saying to you? If, if lasting change, my, here's my experience. If lasting change is going to happen then you have got to know in your knower that what you're seeing, what you're hearing, he is saying to you personally, you in particular. You know, the, the resonator within starts to shake and, and tremble. Whoa, this is, this is, I got this one. This is for me. See, we saw Peter transition in Acts 10. And I guarantee you when that blanket came down with all that unclean food on, and he's a good old, he's a Jewish boy still practicing, seeing his Jewish religion, even though Jesus prepared him to translation, transition, make a transition. There was a time when he said, I know this is right. He's, he's speaking to me. The Lord said, rise up, kill and eat. He was speaking to Peter. And Peter knew it. So the first thing you got to be convinced of when you transition is, is what I'm hearing. Is he speaking this to me? Now, we saw Peter transition. Let's look at Paul transition over in Galatians chapter 1. Here's where Paul made his transition. Galatians chapter 1, and let me start with uh, verse 11. Galatians chapter 1 here. I'll get over there in just a second. Galatians chapter 1, here's Paul's transition. He said, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not according to man. All right? uh, watch, watch. Paul knew that God was speaking to him. He said, I didn't receive it from man. I wasn't taught it by a man. It came through, the came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former uh, conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. I advanced Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But, here comes the new wine. But, he was well established in the old. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son unto me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I didn't confer with flesh and blood. I had to know that he is talking to me, that he's saying this to me. He said, I didn't go up to Jerusalem to those, those that were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and stuck all of this new revelation that I was hearing. I stuck it in a crock pot. That's not what he said, but that's Keithley translation. I stuck all of this in a crock pot, just let it cook, right? He, you got to know that he's speaking to you. So sometimes you just let it crock pot. You don't, you don't have to make a microwave shift, right? You, you don't have to all of a sudden see something and then just say, whoa, I got it, and run out and tell everybody. Put it in a crock pot. You need to know 
Is this what the Father through the Spirit is saying to you? And sometimes it takes con contemplation. You know, the, 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 the less static that you're around with people and all of that, the more that you can un unload people and circumstances and all that, the better you can hear. Less static will be on the station. So as you're picking up on the voice of the Father, under, number one, is this what he's saying to you? Let me give you three quick sub-points under that to help you know if he is speaking to you. I'll, I'll just say this in, in kind of religious terms, okay? There will be a witness of the Spirit with your spirit. There'll be a witness of the spirit with your spirit. Are you, are you, are you, are you still with me? As, as, you're, as, you're shaking, as you're shaking out of your normal pattern, can, can you, you know, it might feel to your senses a little uncomfortable. It might feel a little unsure. And you don't want to make a mistake. You're a little bit fearful. But it will start to, it'll start to go off on the inside of you. And what I've always, what's, my pattern has been, I understand things better inside before my mind catches up. I've never been one that intellectually gets it and then my spirit catches it from my mind. I've always perceived down in here and then I've let my mind battle and rage and try to dismantle it or whatever. See, the, the longer you crockpot it, the longer you just let it mar this marinate, just let it cook slowly, the more settled in new truth will feel. At first, it feels very strange. It's, it, it's like driving a different car, riding a different bicycle. It's all, it's kind of the same, but it's only, you know, it's a little different. The nuances are different. And like I said, sometimes your spirit will pick up on it. Your spirit will go off. I'm sure Paul's spirit went off when, when, when Jesus presented himself and re began to reveal himself. Paul's spirit was drinking it up, but his mind was still going back to the old mind going back to the old Jewish stuff, saying, man, this stuff doesn't, this doesn't add up. This is nothing like I've already, what I know. In Romans chapter 8, I love watching Paul because knowing how he transitioned, what he went through, he can say this, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by where we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That's what I'm after. At that point, all I want to do is he saying this to me. How am, I, how am I taking it into my spirit? All right. Now, under that point one, here's the second little thing that will help you to confirm that. As you, as you ponder scripture or hear a teaching or reading a book that triggered the revelation, it confirms what you're seeing. I, I, I'll, be see, I'll be seeing something. I'll be, God will be trying to reveal something to me. I'll be reading scripture or a book. I might even be watching a YouTube video of somebody else doing some teaching. And what I'm all of a sudden seeing or hearing or watching it just totally builds up and confirms what I am seeing. For, for me, that's a, that's a great lean into when my mind has given me fits. When I can, I can perceive it being from somewhere else. An outside source at this point. Somebody's teaching. I read it in a book. I read it out of scripture, whatever. For me, that helps when my mind goes fits. That, that plants my feet when other people walk away from me. When other people reject what I'm, what I'm saying or what I'm thinking.
That helps me know the wind and the waves are not going to sink my boat. This is, this is the rock you build on. His word is a lamp to your feet. It is a, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a light to your path. All right, so is it, you got to know that he's speaking it to you. Point one, sub point. Uh, is it bearing witness with your spirit? Second of all, are you seeing it from other places? And, and third of all, what, what you're seeing, you're going to begin to find out other people are seeing the same thing. I don't know if you've noticed it over the last six, six weeks. I did that, that six-week series on Hell's Illusion. I don't know if you noticed, but all over, all over social media now, that whole thing is beginning to really bubble up. The Spirit of Truth is, is saying much the same thing in many quarters right now that even six months or a year ago, you weren't hearing it and seeing it like this. So what he's showing to you, you're going to begin to see others seeing it also. What God established to us is new to us. It might be an unveiling to others also. You're never, here's what I want to say, you're never alone in advancing the kingdom. You might feel alone. But you're never alone. One of, the, one, of the, one of the pluses of the internet is it helps you to get connected with people all over the world. And what you're seeing, what you're sensing, what's going off in your spirit, what you're seeing in books now and in scripture, other people all over the place are seeing it also. So the first thing that you want to ask yourself is this. Is this what the Father is saying to me? I, I got to know from me. Right? Second of all, once you, once you grab it, second, this is a big question right here. If you're going to be able to receive new wine into your wineskin, question number two, are you willing to release the past? Are you willing to release the past? Now, this is where the cost is calculated. This is where the cost is calculated because there is a cost. Whenever you move into something new, there is a cost. This, this is the step where loss occurs. You know, the past is where your friends are. The past is where your security is. The past is where your comfort zone is. Can you let all of that go? Can you release the past? This is where most of us stop. We, we see and we desire the new. We love the new. We want to talk about it. We want to kind of hang around it. But the old wine still tastes really good. And when I get around some of my old friends that are filled up with new wine, that's all they're that's all it's rolling out of them. It's hard not to drink it again. Can I let all of that go? Can I let the past go? You, you, can't, you can't stretch and reach out for what he's showing you out there if you're still holding on what's back here. See, you, no matter how hard you stretch, you can't go that far. You got to let this go to give a little more room to stretch to get to what's ahead of you. So can you release the past? When you, when you trace through Scripture, I did a little, I did a little fast little study. I, I traced through Scripture, and what I found was Abraham, Moses, Joseph, David, those individuals, as well as people groups, had to release what they had. Had to release, Abraham had to release everything. David had to release, wow, Joseph had to release his brothers, his father. He had to let it all go to get to where they needed to go, Right? So this, this is big. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people cannot do that. But Isaiah said this. Isaiah chapter 43. 
This is one of those verses you ought to underline in your Bible if you haven't done so already. Isaiah chapter 43. And let me read uh, just verse 18 and part of 19. Isaiah said, don't remember the former things. How do you, how do, you do that? Well, nor consider the things of old. In other words, you have to stop pondering on them. You have to stop considering. Stop meditating. Stop looking back and saying, man, if I, I think maybe I made a mistake. If I had just... And children of Israel did that. They said, oh, we should have never left Egypt. What do you do? Lead us out. Are you trying to lead us out here in the desert that we might die? We'd have been better off just to remain back there. See, they couldn't let it go. They couldn't let the past go. They left Egypt in a day, but they couldn't get Egypt out of them in 40 years. Because they wouldn't let it go. And there are people today that you're going to talk to about present truth. Everything the Spirit of God is saying, and it's going to start resonating with them. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to rear up and they're going to confront you with old wine. They're, going to want the, they're not going to want to let go of all that is representative in the old. Now, I, when I say let the past go, I'm talking about the good and the bad. Not just the bad. I'm talking about there are a lot of good things back there. That's where your identity usually was established. Often, often God would give somebody a new name when they let the past go. They would get a new identity, like Abram to Abraham, Saul to Paul. They got a new name. Saul, he had, Saul had to release to become Paul. He had to let it all go. And, and, and I, I'm sure it wasn't easy for him. In Philippians chapter 3, we read this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. He said, if anybody has confidence in the flesh, if anyone else does, he said, I, I've got more than anybody else. He said, I was circumcised the eighth day. He's going to tell you what a purebred he was. He said, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of, of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew, the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee. This guy was cram de la cram. He said, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is of the law. This is, this is the area. He said, the righteousness, which is of the law, I was blameless. He had a pretty good opinion of himself in his former life. But what things were gained to me, those that I counted lost, everything that I was blameless in, I had Hebrew, the Hebrews, a Pharisee, the best of the best. I had to let, it, it was good, it was good. I had to let it all go. The prestige, the reputation, the name recognition, the platform, the invitations. I had to let it all go. Can you see that? Even Jesus had to let it go, right? You're right there in Philippians. Come back to, to, to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. All right, here's what he had to let go. Who was in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God. That's, that kind of correlates with what Paul said, that he was a Pharisee of the Pharisee, blameless in the law. He, he had, he had uh, uh, you know, top shelf credibility. Well, so did Jesus, who being in the form of God did not think of robbery to be equal with God. He had to let all of that go. 
had to let the past go, but made himself of no reputation, taking upon the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross, right? So all of the past, he had to let go, and everything that was lofty, being equal with God, everything from that point on was a step down, it appeared. But God was pouring new wine into Jesus to come and bring a revelation of the Father to the world. And he was willing to let the old go and embrace the new. And so we get down to verse 9 and it says, Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Right? So there's, there's value in letting go. So the mind to let go has got to be your mind also. Are, are, are you with me? All right? So what, the first question is this. Is this what God's saying to me? I'm not worried right now what he's saying to you. I got to know for me. The way that I know it's for me is because it's going to witness with my spirit. I'm going to feel, I'm going I'm to know there's something there. I might, my, my, my senses might fight it, my head might fight it, but I know there's something going on there and I need to crockpot it. I need to explore it. Second of all, uh, when I read the word, when I read a, a, a book, when I'm watching a, a video or hearing a teaching, there's going to be something in there that is going to highlight, and I'm going to say, yep, right there it is too. Other people are seeing the same thing. And second of all, then once I settle into that, this, this comes where you got to count the cost. Can I release the past? That might be some friends. I don't have near the friends I used to have. I don't have near the associates. I don't have anything anymore, really. It's all gone. It's all, it's all history. It's, it's in the past, but I've had to let that go. All right, and here comes the third question. Once all of that is done, here's the big one. Question number three, can you act courageously? Can you act courageously? What does that mean? It means there comes a time that you have to come out and identify to the world where you stand. That means when you've drunk the wine of grace, radical, pure grace, finished work of Jesus apart from human religious effort, you're going to have to come out of the closet, buddy. And you're going to have to let the world know no longer are you bound by that tradition and those laws and those rules for relationship. Then we're going to find out if you let the past go. Now, do you, do you see why I said that you've got to know that you hurt for yourself? Because there are going to be times when people walk away. And if you don't know that you've heard for yourself, you're going to become depressed. You're going to, you're, you're going to fall by the wayside. You're not going to make it. it. It means there comes a time that you have to come out and say, this is me. Can you act courageously? I think... God knew that Joshua was going to have a struggle with that. So he tried to encourage him a little bit when Moses died. And, and there came a transition into the life of Joshua to take Moses' place. And Moses wasn't sure about it. It was still crockpotting within him. He knew God said something to him. He knew that God was working in his life. So God says this. God says, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. He says, no man, Joshua, will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. The same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. I won't leave you and I won't forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. 
For to this people you'll divide and inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. Get a tunnel vision that you may prosper wherever you go. And he goes on in, 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 in verse 9. He says, I have, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Don't be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then in verse 18, he said, Whoever rebels against you, against your commands, and doesn't heed your words in all that you command him, shall be put to death. He said, But I want you to be strong and of a good courage. So here's the point. Can you act courageously? Let me put it another way. Can you stand all alone? Not many can. Can you stand by yourself? Now, I think a lot of you that are listening to me on the Digital Cathedral, watching this on YouTube, maybe after the Sunday, you're drawn to this message. You're drawn to what we're doing. I think that you, God has selected you to be the front wave because you can stand alone. I, it's one of the things we have is a little bit tougher skin. I don't get offended. You can't, really can't offend me. I'm unoffendable. Say what you want, do what you want. I, I don't really don't become offended. I, can, I know I, I'm, I'm secure in who I am and what I'm doing. I can stand alone. Can you? And when you stand alone, you've got to know that everybody's not going to be happy with you. Everybody's not going to see it your way. They're not going to understand where you're going. But also knowing that because you answered the first two questions, you know that you know that you know that God has spoken this to you. And you've let the past go. Knowing that, then you can understand that the father, like he was telling Joshua, that he's got your back. The father takes full responsibility for you in every way. He will upgird you. He'll uphold you. He never abandons or destroys his precious possessions. He molds them. He, he works them. He shapes them. Because there'll be forces working through people that will try to dissuade you, that will try to discourage you, try to get you to lay it down and to give it up, to quit. But when you know, and I say this in conclusion, when you know that you know that you know that he's spoken to you, you've released the past, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, then, then, then you've got this clear field that you can act courageously even if you know that you are the only one which you won't be, he speaks it to many, but we feel like it sometimes, even if you're the only one. There are some people that will not act courageously until they see you acting courageously. In that first chapter of uh, Joshua, come down to verse 16 and 17, after the Lord finally got Joshua to see, okay, I'm bold, I'm courageous, he's with me, I can stand alone, I can act courageously. Then in verse 16 and 17, the people responded to that and they said, Joshua, whatever you tell us to do, we'll do. We're going to follow your lead. We'll be courageous when you're courageous. We'll be bold like you're bold. See, there will be some people that are out there. You're on the front wave. You're on the, you're on the first boat to hit the shore. There are going to be other people out there that will follow when they see how you react. But I'll tell you right now, if you don't act for you at this stage of where everything is, nobody will act for you. You, the Father, and the Son are a great team. I'm done this morning. Let me just finish by saying this. Guys, we live in an awesome time. We live in an awesome day. The chains are off. The doors are open. 
Let's be part of this grace, love, discovery tsunami that's covering the earth. When he speaks it to you, act. Let the past go and act courageously. I tell you, I feel blessed to be part of, part of y'all. I feel blessed to be part of the team, to team up with you. God has assembled us from all over the world man, to take this message out. Let's do it. Let's act strong and bold in Jesus' name. I want to talk more about this on Wednesday night. So catch up with me Wednesday night on Facebook, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. We'll see you back next Sunday. God bless you. Have a strong week and listen for Jesus saying, come, follow me and respond. Act courageously, be bold. He's got your back. See you next time.